Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. And in today's episode, I am joined by Gert Malik of SEO Leverage. Now, Gert isn't currently a podcaster, but I'm pretty sure this episode convinced him to get on board once he understands the power of podcasting. Nonetheless, I brought Gert onto the show to really, really understand where the world of podcasting and SEO actually collide. And really, at a deeper level, to understand how can podcasting Podcasters take advantage of SEO to grow a substantial audience and help grow their podcast in general. What's really interesting in this conversation is Gert takes us through a step-by-step process. We kind of gradually go through the episode into the stages of things you would need to do if you wanted to start using SEO to grow your podcast. And it was really interesting from my point of view because some of the things I thought would make a difference really don't make a difference. And Gert really starts to, I suppose, understand this on such a deeper level because he's an expert. So just from my own insight, I really thought that show notes, and adding more content would make a difference. But after speaking with Gert, I realized that's so much more to it than publishing transcripts or writing your show notes in a certain way to really take advantage of Google. Now, for a lot of people, I actually think they would be better off using SEO to grow their podcast than a lot of the social media platforms. And you'll get an understanding if that applies to you. Now, before we get into this episode, if you haven't already, please make sure you do subscribe to the show and share it with other podcasters. We really want to help as many podcasters as possible create an awesome and highly profitable podcast in itself. So without any further ado, let's head into the episode with Gert. Welcome to the podcast, Gert. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here. Isn't it? Now, today, this is probably going to be one of our most controversial episodes. I I actually can't believe we're bringing this topic to the show, but we're going to talk all about how the world of SEO and podcasting can collide. So very, very excited to dig deeper into that. But before we get into that, I'd love if you could just tell our audience a little bit about you and also give them a hint because I, I get the feeling you might have a podcast coming out soon as well. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for this. Yeah, we're definitely in the recording stages of our podcast. SEO Leverage is going to be the name. We're going to focus on all things SEO for online businesses. So thanks for the hint here. It's definitely going to come up out very soon. Excellent. So just for context as well, how long have you been doing SEO? And the reason I say this is because quite often this is one of those spaces where I feel like there's a lot of, how can I put this, shady black hat people don't really know what they're doing. And I think something that truly separates you is that you've got a lot of runs on the board. I've seen some of your work and uh, I know many people who have an immense amount of respect for you, which is why I think you've earned the right to come and talk on about this topic uh, with podcasting. So just lay it down, lay it down while you've been doing an SEO. Yeah, I think, thanks a lot. I, I've been doing this for 19 years, uh, which in SEO not necessarily means I'm doing this better than anybody else. It does mean, though, that we have been able to identify over this time a few patterns that have not changed, which definitely helps us today. Uh, SEO is different this year than it was last year and five years ago and 10 years ago. It was a completely different game. 
but there are still some patterns that are always the same. So where it definitely helps to be able to look back on hundreds of projects uh, where you had certain cases where clients freak out because their rankings drop and you can kind of see the big picture of what's happening, where's Google moving, what's happening with other sites, um, and then go back to this experience and really take advantage of it. Okay, so 19 years SEO on and off, I would say, or, or SEO has been the only thing that has been really growing. I've been doing everything. I come from a technical background. I've been doing web development for more than 15 years, so I can understand the programming side of things as well. And SEO was just the only thing really in my business that had, has been growing over time more and more until I, at some point I just said, okay, let's focus only on SEO. We, this is where we provide the most value. This is where we can help people the most. And this is how SEO Leverage started, actually. Excellent. Well, I'll give a big shout out to James Shremko as well, a friend of the show and a friend of both of us, but he was the one yep. who actually gave me a little hint that this is an area you really had some expertise in, in the alignment mm -hmm. of podcasting and SEO. So I want to ask a very bold question to kind of uh, lead things off here, and then we'll get into the details of itself. In your opinion, Gert, is it possible for someone to have a podcast and have SEO be the only driver of growth in that podcast? Absolutely. It's absolutely possible. It just requires one thing and it's really intention. So I'm very big about creating podcasts or any type of content with a special intent behind it. So you don't want to create a podcast and then pray and hope and see if it ranks a few weeks later. You want to create a podcast already having done your homework before and knowing if this is an episode that has a chance to rank. And in this case, if you have the right approach, the right workflow, the right checklists, the right processes in place, definitely SEO can be your main traffic driver. So let's unpack that a little bit because I'm really interested in that answer. What most podcasters do, and I, I will admit it even myself to a point previously, is I feel like when I make content, there's probably a lack of intention when it comes to things like keyword research. I more may aim to make content based on creativity or guests I might have on the show. I've never actually sat there and gone through Google search volume or had a look through maybe a tool like Ahrefs to see what people are actually searching for as the basis of episodes. If someone wanted to take advantage of SEO for podcasting, does this, in your words, the intent someone puts behind the content need to change? And how would they do that? How would they need to think about this differently from perhaps what they're doing right now? That's a great point. And I think it goes back to, uh, first of all, decide if the episode you're going to record is going to be an episode you want to leverage for organic traffic. Okay, there might be episodes where you have like a famous guest on your show. You're so proud they're on your show. They talk to you. They spend your time with you you're not going to lay out what exactly they should talk about or lay out the entire episode. You're just going with the flow. You're going enjoying the conversation, enjoying the recording. But just have in mind, this might not be the episode that's going to drive traffic to your website for certain keywords or certain topic, searches, etc. Just record the episode, enjoy the episode, and then maybe even consider no indexing it, meaning hiding it from Google. Because it's if there is no clear topic, if there is no clear focus on this episode, Google is not going to rank it on page one in any case. Okay, it's probably going to rank on page five, page eight, page 10 or farther behind, uh, which is great because you're probably still among hundreds of thousands of search results among the top hundred, but it's not going to make a difference in your traffic before it doesn't land on page one of Google. Okay, in 
And in term, in order to land there, you need to be able to compete. Okay, so I'm I'm not especially into fitness. I go to the gym for health reasons. I would love to do a marathon, but I'm not really ready to put in the work to get there right now. Maybe I will after my 40, in my 40s or something like that. Um, on Google, we see a very similar thing. Okay, so people very often expect, yeah, I did a show about email marketing. Now, if I put in email marketing, I type in email marketing on Google, why doesn't my show come up? Okay, this is a very common um, common view or common idea we also get from clients and, and potential clients and conversations. Why doesn't my show come up for email marketing? You always need to know what you can compete with or who you can compete with. With, with my experience in marathons, which is zero, I can't compete with Usain Bolt. It's just not going to be possible. He's a sprinter. He's not even a marathon runner. Maybe he, he's probably going to do better at the marathon. I'm not sure if he's going to win. But you get the idea. You can't compete with the big guys who have been putting hours and hours and, and years of experience behind their brand, behind their content creation intent, if you just hit record and talk about email marketing. Okay, right. So first of all, you need to you need to pick your battles, and the battle can be much smaller than you expect in in your mind or you have in um, in your mind that you want to rank for. Okay, so there's a few things in there I'd love to talk a bit more into. You mentioned the idea of like perhaps you had a guest on that was a particularly famous name. So let's pretend maybe I had we use someone extremely famous for this example. I had Oprah on my podcast. Which I would love, by the way, um, if she's listening, like please reach out. We would you'd be thrilled to have you on here to talk about what you're doing. But nonetheless, if I had Oprah on my podcast, um, that would be an episode based on that that you would really suggest maybe not even trying to rank for that guest name. Definitely use it for other reasons, um, but this wouldn't be something that's more suited to SEO. What you're suggesting here is that for those types of episodes, leave them as the great content they are. Enjoy the leverage that maybe comes from PR and other avenues. But then perhaps in your other episodes, you might talk more specifically into a term where you know you can compete. And I dare say, I, I might know this answer, but nonetheless, I would love for you to confirm it. Knowing what you can compete on would come from doing things like keyword research and a bit of discovery in the niche you're in. Is that what you're suggesting here? Absolutely. Keyword research is the way to go when you want to understand what your audience is searching for. Okay. So we put keyword research on steroids with what we call a target research where we go a little bit broader we don't only use tools for keyword research like the google keyword planner or ahrefs or semrush or whatever you want uh, to use there is a lot of them but we also go into forums into quora.com we go into reddit into um facebook groups etc and find out what are people talking about so it's one thing that you do keyword research and the tools give you okay there is probably 100 searches around this theme that's good but it also pays off to talk to your audience. And this is nothing new for SEO or particular to SEO. In marketing in general, in sales, you always want to know how your audience is thinking, what, they, what are the questions they ask, what's their state of mind, what's, what's bothering them, etc. If you can address those topics, you've already done a lot of research. And if you then can go a little bit deeper or have some help with SEO and say, okay, look, I want to create a podcast about email marketing. Let's can, we do use research. Pod, can we use podcasting as the example? Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but not everyone that listens to this may understand uh, email marketing. Absolutely. But like, let's go deep on one that's relevant here. Plus, I'll probably use this, so I'll make advantage of it. So let's <laughs> okay, use podcasting absolutely. as the example, right? We'll go into okay, this. Let's, 
let, let's say we, we want to we want to create an episode about how to start a podcast. I'm starting a podcast. You could create this episode. I would love to listen to it. And um, you probably want to get an idea about how people who are starting a podcast are thinking. So they might have a lot of doubts. How do you find guests? How do you prepare guests? How do you set the stage? Uh, do you use show notes? Are you going? How long should the episode be? There's probably a hundred questions, or probably a thousand. You're the expert here in podcasting, um, and probably picking twenty of those questions and creating episode around, uh, episodes around them is going to be better than creating the episode about podcasting and trying to rank when someone searches for podcasting. The more specific you can go, the more um, leverage you're going to get in Google as well, because there's not going to be so much competition. Excellent. All right. So we'll go deep here. We'll use this. So I've done my episode with Oprah. It was a smashing success. And mm -hmm. I've not gone after that for any SEO reasons, because I can quite often see that I'm not going to be up there with what people are making for that brand term. Conversely, though, I have the ability here to do my keyword research across multiple tools and identify really what people are searching for, how to start a podcast. And I might find terms within that that I can understand. And of course, use your own niche, you guys. But it's really understanding those question and answer type or problem-based intent things we're putting together here. And they would be the episodes I would look to create on the back of that. Is that what you're suggesting here? Absolutely. And very often, if you uh, stick with the example from Oprah, very often it's also the combinations that already open up new pathways. So, if, for example, if there were searches, I really don't know, I haven't done the research. If there were searches about what Oprah says about relationship advice or relationships, for example, maybe the search Oprah and relationships could be a search you could compete for. And if you get Oprah to talk about relationships, it already is a more focused episode. Does this make sense? So you're it not definitely does, but it opens up a new question of like, well, how do I discern what I can and can't compete for when I'm doing this or thinking about it as a podcaster? That's a great question. And this is also why we came up with the target research where we say, okay, let's, let's see what's the authority of a domain. Okay. The authority just for context is really based on the links you get from other websites. Okay. If you have, have your domain, how to start a podcast.com, I don't know, this name this domain has a certain authority okay this is not something google doesn't talk about authority it's the seo industry that talks about authority because it kind of helps us uh, differentiate between the importance or the power of different domains in general and you can see something that on which is that on very competitive queries on google very often it's only going to be high authority sites meaning hubspot.com for example uh, newyorktimes.com and and the very big brands, Amazon.com comes up all the time. Google is very strong on brands and with recent algorithm updates going stronger towards brands because they just carry more trust. And what Google ultimately wants to do is make their users happy so they search on Google tomorrow again. Okay, so they, Google wants to make users happy. Google knows that users trust brands. So Google wants to send traffic to brands. The more you can do for your brand, the more you can do for your authority, your domain's authority, the higher is the field you can compete with. So if I'm starting to, uh, tomorrow on a new podcast with a new domain, I can't compete with the big guys right away. I need to build up my authority and this takes time and takes references. The same way if you, if you start a business, if you don't have nobody recommending you, nobody giving you testimonials, nobody confirming your authority or your expertise in a certain field, it's going to be hard to get, to get any business. Whereas maybe after a year or two, you might have 
a few clients already, a few some some uh, people with their own audience recommending your services, recommending you as an authority in this space, and it's going to be much easier to grow your business than right at the start. And with podcasting, it's exactly the same. You need authority. You need uh, to do link building, social media. Well, I know you're very big on social media promotion uh, for podcast episodes. So the uh, episode could be awesome for social media, give you a lot of credibility, give you afterwards, maybe even people are going to put links to your episode if they're Oprah fans or something like that. So there's a lot of things that can happen afterwards, which is great. great. But definitely you want to know um, what you can compete with. And this is based on your authority benchmarking against others in your space. So I guess if you're a podcaster, though, this is probably a good thing. And I'll explain why. For example, we're using me as the example here in podcasting. Like I've been doing this for quite a while now. I've got a lot of content that I make regularly. I would be annoyed if someone could just grab a new domain and outrank me in this space when I've put in the years of work. And I think a lot of podcasters are in this for the long game as well. So in your opinion, do podcasters have an advantage in that they do play such a long game and are willing to be consistent with content, put the runs in, do all those things rather than someone that's perhaps looking for a quick win? I think the internet and podcasting is just a part of it. It's just really um, a copy of offline life. Okay, this is just my my thought. I haven't contrasted this. I haven't read this anywhere. But you can very often, the same patterns you see in, in real life, as we call it, you can see on the internet. And in real life, a business that has been around for 10 years has, a different, has different possibilities, different options, different clients they can aspire for uh, than a business that has just started out. Podcasting is definitely for the long game. We know that this is why we are going to start a podcast because I know that if I record a podcast tomorrow, an episode, it's going to be around. And I've seen this with other podcasts I did in the past where after a couple of years, even with a few episodes, you get 10,000 people listening to your show. You don't even have to do a lot of promotion. Maybe a little bit of intent would be good with SEO, but you don't have to do too much promotion. It's just an asset you're creating. And this is why I love podcasting so much. It's an asset you're creating and the asset increases in value over time, especially the episodes, obviously, that are sort of evergreen and not uh, focused around the last technological advances and stuff like that. But as long as you can focus on topics that are going to sit there for a while, it's an asset that grows over time. So starting a podcast, I assume you agree for having uh, a big success after a month is not going to happen. Also, an SEO campaign, (laughs) an SEO campaign, uh, uh, starting an SEO campaign, creating content with intent and expecting results after a couple of months is probably going to be very hard. But if I have clients who have been doing SEO for me since 2011, and they still today in 2020 get leads from the articles we created in 2011 with intent, answering clients' questions, doubts, fears, etc., so the long game is just what has to be played. Everybody is impatient. We are getting more and more impatient. If you have to wait a couple of days for an Amazon order to arrive, we're already getting nervous. It should be the next day or, or even the same day if possible. Um, I think internet marketing is just my, my really my experience also, and I had to learn this myself, just takes a lot of time. And if you think about a lot of time, double it, and then it's going to lay out the road to success. I love that as a general rule. Whatever you think it's going to take in time and cost, just double it and you might be close um, as a general rule. I'm I'm based in Spain here. I'm originally from Austria. Um, But in Spain, there is a a very um, famous 
uh, famous in Spain, a marketing consultant. And what he says is, whatever you want to have in three years, you have to start today to get it. So putting the work on from today to be where you want to be in three years. And I think this is also something, if you think of podcasting, if you think of SEO, two to three years, I would say, is a very good time frame to achieve a lot of things. And this also takes off a little bit of the pressure for today, where I say, okay, and I have to do this. I have to, to um, have this ready by tomorrow, and I don't care if it's not good enough or whatever. I just want to put this out there. If you say, think of a time frame about three years, I think it gives you a lot of space to do things with intent, do them right, and also stick to it and accompany them over time. And this is something also from to go back to SEO, where you say, okay, the content you put out today, even if it ranks, it might not rank in six months because it's just not what Google users expect anymore. So you need to stick to it, even if you don't re-record the episode, but the page where you present it, you might change it over time. So that brings up a really good point here. And I want to go into this uh, next thing you just mentioned of like, you know, what Google wants. So let's pretend following along here, I've uh, followed this process. I've picked out my 20 questions potentially from uh, my keyword research and I've made those podcast episodes. What comes to mind for me next is that if I'm making a podcast, even if it's video, um, quite often if I search terms on Google, that's not the type of stuff that comes up. It's not like I, maybe occasionally a YouTube video will come in line with the term I've searched if maybe I search for a band or something like that. But I really feel like this is a gap for podcasters in general and something you will have a bit of knowledge around is that in the SEO approach to podcasting, what do I have to do differently in content presentation? Is this something where I need to do more elaborate show notes and have more written things? Is this something where I should be thinking about writing different articles or other methods that may be useful? Like what's the next step here? That's a perfect point. And we see this both with podcasters and also people focusing on YouTube and then they embed their video on their site, for example, or they have video podcasts. Um, what usually happens is they put a lot of effort in the episode and then put it on the page at the show notes, which is usually like 200, 300 words in with a few dots and, and the guest's name and a link to them. And that's about it. And then they expect to rank. Okay. What we need to see is that with this, this for Google, this is just a page. This is not a better page because it's a podcast. It's just a page. Okay. A page. When where users, when they see this page, they have will have certain feelings, they had certain expectations before they came to this page, they're going to be more or less inclined to to listen to a podcast. So people, if you have this episode, how to start a podcast, and I type this into Google, this doesn't mean I'm looking for an audio recording that explains me how to start a podcast. I might be in bed at 10 p.m. at night, checking my phone and checking how to start a podcast. This is not going to be the moment uh, where I'm going to listen to a 40-minute show. And just showing me the show notes in this case might not be enough. And I also might not be ready to read the entire trans transcription of the 40, um, 40 minutes. And this is where we need to understand one thing. Google wants to make users happy, and they've always wanted. And Google is where they are because at the beginning, when all the other search engines were focusing on ads and you opened up a search engine and it was essentially 95% ads and a small search box. Google was the one that focused on users' happiness. And this is what brought them where they are. And this is where I heard you say you need to focus on your podcast recordings, on your audience. What are they expecting from an audience, from a recording, which questions do they would love to ask their guests and things like those. 
you need to make sure that your target audience is happy. Okay. And the target audience for Google who's happy is going to type in a search, get picked the search result they want and never come back because they just found what they want. Google did an awesome service and they're going to use Google again the next day. Okay. So Google is going to compare your podcast page, the episode page with the show notes, etc., to all the other articles that rank out rank there. Having a podcast on there, in my point of view, is an add-on. So if I'm a more audio-focused person, I'll say, oh, I look, say, look, hey, they have got a sh- an, uh, podcast. Let's download this episode. And when I go for a run, I'm going to listen to this episode. This could be an added value, but the podcast recording itself is not going to justify that your page is eligible to rank on page one because you're competing with a lot of articles out there. Maybe some are longer, some are shorter, but they are very well researched. Google is collecting signals all the time when they send people to websites, they collect what we call signals. So Google knows if someone clicked on a result, wasn't happy, comes back, clicks on another, wasn't happy, comes back, clicks on another result. We call this pogo sticking in SEO, where you just um, try different results until you find the right one. This is what we want to avoid. And the way to That's avoid this- That's what I do, by the way, when I'm searching things on Google. Exactly. There are people out there, um, but I think it's not too many that always compare different results. And I've seen this before where people say, no, I, I always check out three results. I don't, I don't trust the first one. What we see in, in user studies and uh, is that users trust Google a lot. So Google bringing something up on their first page already gives people a lot of trust into the brands that came up that come up there. This is where Google is doing a lot of a lot of research in what they call EAT to check the expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness of pages, especially in health and finance spaces, or a, a space that's called your money, your life. So everything that has an impact on a person's life is going to uh, get close attention from Google and Google's employees. So they don't give bad advice because imagine you, you're looking for a cure for your, uh, for your, uh, flu, for the flu, for example, and you find something that's going to kill you or, or get you into severe trouble. You're going to automatically have a negative connotation to Google. You're going to tell everybody in your, in your, um, circle that you found this on Google and it was the worst advice ever. So Google in, in spaces that affect us personally, um, is paying very close attention. Okay, so uh, most people, though, are going to trust what comes up on page one. Okay, so we need to produce something that's eligible for page one, meaning it can really compete. And this is where you come back to the marathon. I can't compete with someone on a marathon because I didn't put in the work. If you want to compete with your episodes page with someone on page one, you need to make sure you put in the same amount of work that users really value and putting in a lot of work into their episode recording, but not into the entire page you're presenting it on does not mean you can compete with page one. So let's use an example. Um, I never do this. This is the first time ever. I've opened a browser while I'm on a podcast. It's my first time, but I'm going to literally type into Google right now how to start a podcast. So I'm fascinated by this, Gert. I'm really fascinated by this. And I'm going to come down to the first um, organic result. Um, which is, a, I, I mean, I guess I can name them. There's no copyright here. They've done well. So we've got a company here called thepodcasthost.com and I'm going to click on that first result as we go here. And as I look at this, I can see, and we might even share a link to this in our notes itself, but I see a monster article with steps and guides and links and images and charts and 
all kind of goodies here that in comparison they actually don't have a podcast on here. Interesting. So I find that fascinating. Um, but I can see from here that this is quite a substantial page and what you're really saying is that if I'm sending my audio recording in with 300 words on how to start a podcast that really isn't even good content, it's just references to what is in the show itself and I'm taking that into this battle with this monster piece of resource that's on page one already, I'm kind of taking a knife to a gunfight, so to speak. Like this isn't really a place where I can win here. My question to you though then, on the back of that and understanding that, is there a better solution to create a separate article that competes with whatever is on page one for this and then link to my own podcast from there and have it as that value add? Or how do I approach this from a piece of content? I want to add something else to this. Is simply creating content that's similar in nature, whether it's 3,000 words or with this many images, simply enough to compete? Or is there other factors that come into competing as well? I usually talk in, in SEO, and that's a, that's a very good point, and I think it's important to understand it. I usually talk about 200 buckets. Okay, 200 buckets. We internally in SEO, we call those ranking factors. Okay, so things Google take into, takes into account might be a thousand. They very often talk about three, 200 something. Um, you need to fill all the buckets. Okay, so you need, there is a bucket for site speed. You want to have your sites load fast. There is a bucket for content. You want to compete in terms of length and depth with the content that's out there. Length, it's not only the length, is how you write the content. This is where I really love that content uh, writer quality comes back. So we had episode, we had times where you paid $5 for an article and those articles don't do well anymore, thankfully, because there was a bird algorithm on Google that started um, to understand text better. Google is very smart and can figure out if you just mention a keyword or if you really talk about this topic. Um, so content quality, uh, content optimization is one other bucket. Another bucket is links. Do you get links to this um, to this piece of content? Another bucket might be social. Do you get social feedback to this? Because usually social comes first before you get any links to this in the most cases. Okay. There is another bucket, maybe that's user experience. Another bucket is design, etc. And you have to fill as many buckets as possible, and at least the buckets your competition is filling in order to rank. So if you've got the best content out there, you've got the best. Um, podcast recording, uh, you've got the best designed site, but you don't have any links pointing to it, and all your competitors have, it's going to be hard to rank because you didn't fill this one bucket. And then continuing with this, there is a hole in the bucket. Okay, so your site is fast today, and you fill this bucket, you make it as fast as possible. But imagine this is full of water and there is a small hole in it. So over time, it's not going to be fast enough anymore or there might be things happening on your site. You install plugins, you change the theme. You always need to revisit this bucket and say, okay, am I still competing in site speed? Site speed is a ranking factor, not a major one yet, but a ranking factor. On terms of content, there is also a hole in it. This means content expe expectations from users change over time. So what they expect today might be a 4,000 article, words article about um, how to start a podcast. Maybe tomorrow they expect an 800 article. Attention spans are, are going down. We know this from studies. Um, people might not consume as much content. Um, they might expect suddenly a certain topic dealt with before. 
So maybe they want to know before about the microphone and equipment side of things, and then about how to invite guests. And you ha might have it the other way around. This doesn't make users as happy as as it should be. So you need to revisit this, maybe restructure this content over time, and really always check what Google is ranking because Google is telling you what they want to see, and what they want to see is based on all the signals they collect from users. And then they make the best guess for this specific search query. That's not going to be the same for another search query. So we need to have the intent based on a certain topic and certain search query and all really get a feel of what our users want to see. And this is just really opening up Google. And Google is probably the SEO tool that's used the least when doing SEO because very often it's just the easiest to open up Google, do your search and analyze what are you seeing? Are you seeing blogs? Are you seeing forums? Are you seeing uh, the homepage or inner pages when coming up for this? I just had a, a, a client call yesterday with um, an industry where only the homepages rank. It's just the way it is. People want to go to the homepage of websites. They don't want to see inner pages. So Google, what they, what Google does is that they only rank the home pages of those businesses. If you don't have certain topics or keywords mentioned, it's not going to happen. So you really need to see what does Google do in your search query and then try to produce something similar. That is better. fascinating. Um, and you may have seen my face go sideways then because I'm like, oh, this is way more in depth than I kind of had anticipated here. So I, I want to ask something before we get into backlinks, because that is something I do want to talk about with podcasters, because I think they have a bit of an advantage in some ways. But when you really think about this, if you wanted SEO to be a part of your strategy for growth, and for some niches in podcasting, I can see it's a really good choice. Not all, but some, certainly some. This is something you're either going to have to get some training in if you want to tackle it yourself. You're not simply going to be able to replicate volumes of content or create really nice content and get the rankings. You need to understand these ranking factors if you're going to have really any shot from there. Or two, you're going to have to work with someone who understands this stuff pretty well. And I would like to think that um, if you've listened to this episode uh, right now and you're planning on doing it, it's probably something you want to share or engage with to make sure you're covering these bases. Is that your opinion from there? And I'll ask a more direct question. Is this something podcasters can be doing themselves? And how, if so, how much resource and time would they need to put into it to do it well? I think this is, uh, I would probably say both. So I would encourage people to get a little bit of a basic knowledge, some fundamentals course, or get a basic idea about how SEO works, just really the basics only, and then get some help on the way. Because you, if you're doing a podcast, um, you're going to spend a lot of time, energy, um, money, resources on creating this podcast, and it shouldn't you shouldn't have to turn into an SEO in order to do your podcast. But I do think it's important to have like a basic understanding, to have a couple of tools maybe at, um, at hand, like uh, could be Ahrefs, for example, or uh, yeah, Ahrefs is very probably the, the essential tool you want to have if you want to start doing some keyword researches, check out some competitors, etc. Uh, they have a lot of training material as well. And you want to kind of be able to check out at least a competitor and see, okay, what do they rank for or what have they done in this area? And then uh, be able to rely on someone from external to accompany you on this process. So, for example, we have developed a framework called Erica, where we have a call with our clients every couple of weeks. They are working on their SEO, they are working on their strategy, they are working on their content, but we lay out the, those steps. We tell them, look, 
this is what's happening right now. This is the status right now. What's the next high impact step on your ladder, on the ladder to, to move forward? Because you probably could do 200 things about SEO. It would be good for SEO somehow, but there's probably only two or three at any given day that are really going to be the, uh, making the highest impact, like an 80-20 essentially around what you should do next. And then we lay out the steps for the next two weeks. And then we talk again and say, okay, let's see what's the strategy, what's the situation now? What's the Google update? What's the competition doing? Where are you in the competitive landscape? Uh, other topics they have discovered that are driving traffic to the site that you haven't covered yet on a podcast or on an article. So this is where you get like someone external that can kind of watches over your evolution while you focus on your podcast and before you do your episode, you're still able to do some research, check out the keywords, produce um, um, an article or at least guide someone in producing an article around the same topic where then you host your podcast episode. Interesting. So that's just a real cap on that, recap on that, sorry, is that if you're going to tackle this yourself, you're probably going to want to get a tool like Ahrefs, which we use and Tim uh, has actually been on the podcast as well, great guy, um, to do your research from there. The basic training you want to going to want to be able to do is probably your keyword research and then understanding some of these ranking factors and basics. And then a way to really accelerate that if you are the DIY type is checking in with someone semi-regular or semi-regularly who can kind of give you feedback on if you're taking the right or proactive steps there. And then of course, of course, alternatively, you can just work with a professional like yourself who really gets this stuff and does it day in and day out. Now, I want to shift gears here because I think this is something that is properly um, misunderstood, uh, misaligned and misvalued, which I think is particularly interesting, and that is backlinks. So that's come up uh, a few times within here. Now, what I would first love to do is just to give context, not all our podcasters may be aware of this. What is a backlink? How important are they uh, for podcasting or just in ranking in Google in general? Mm -hmm. Backlinks, a backlink is a link from another website to your website. So when we talk about backlinks, we usually talk about external links, meaning links from external websites to your page, which uh, in this case, I would also mention the internal links. So it matters how internally you structure your site, meaning how you link topics together and uh, lay out the overall structure of your content. This also matters and is probably um, a topic for another episode itself. Uh, when we focus on backlinks, a backlink from a page to another one is like a recommendation or a referral in the real world. So if someone says, uh, look, work with Charlie, he's very good at podcasting. This is a referral and it's going to lift your authority in this space. And this is what differentiated Google. Why, why did Google have the better results at the beginning? Because they found out that whenever there is a link placed to a site, it means something. And what it means is that this site endorses the other site in a certain context. And this is where, they, where we have today then a situation that where Google can rely on links up to a very high extent in order to figure out which pages should be ranking because it's just a natural thing to happen that a very high quality content, trustworthy content from an authority is going to have links from other websites. And then there is a second layer on that. It's not only the amount of, of, of links, for example. So re me recommending you for podcasting or the most famous podcaster out there recommending you for podcasting is going to be a difference because I don't have so much experience in podcasting, but the other person does. So who links to you and in which context makes a big difference. 
So um, the so local. Just me, would would a link from Oprah be more valuable than a link from you? Most likely. Most likely, I like it. <laughs> becomes, most likely, especially because it depends on the relevance. Okay, if Oprah is talking about relationship advice and then links to your your uh, to Valor Media, for example, the link doesn't really make sense. So Google is very likely to ignore it or take only a, into account a part of it. Probably Oprah has enough authority and the link is always going to be, be good for you. Um, but Google is going to take into account what's the context of this. Is this a, a context where it really makes sense to link to your site? Right. So whereas if I create a page only about podcasting on seoleverage.com and we link to, to your site, it's a completely relevant and valid link that's going to tell Google, look, this page talks about these words and these topics and then links uh, to Valor Media. So Valor Media might be relevant for these topics. Interesting. Okay. okay. So just to break that down, what we're kind of saying from here is that when someone places a link on their website that points to your site, that's what a backlink is. But exactly. more important than just volume is who the link is from. So what's the authority of the link that it's come from, but also the relevancy of that link plays a massive role. So it's like if in this example, Oprah gives me a link, but she doesn't do anything to do with podcasting, it's not really going to count for anything. Now, I want to mention something here that I think is is very interesting. I had recently uh, purchased a Hrefs again. I've had it previously in the past, but I, I put the Valor Media website into it to see, well, you know, what's happening? Are people uh, linking to me? And just for context, great tool to see if you do have backlinks. Now, something that was unintentional from the show itself is that the guests we have on the show, they link to our website. So without trying to build backlinks, we have our guests pointing to our site and saying, hey, I was on this podcast. You can check out the episode there. This has to be something that's probably unique to podcasters in, and is probably a little bit of an advantage is you've got that ability to create links where in other industries it might be a bit harder. So is that a value? Is that a great way if you are someone that wants to build up more authority in building links? And is that perhaps a unique way to get links if you want to go into a competitive space? It's probably the best excuse in order to get a link, okay? So I'm saying excuse because how you create links usually involves reaching out to someone and giving them a reason to link for you, to link to you. One of the most famous methods we use in order to get links for our clients is guest posting. So meaning we send articles, we pre provide content to other websites. Content is very well-written, well-researched, um, prepared, optimized for SEO. So they even get traffic with these articles themselves just by placing them. And then in exchange, they might decide to put a link to our client's website. Okay, this is a very common, probably the most common and probably the best working strategy out there. The thing is that you need to find this initial excuse to get in touch with this person that's behind the website. It's always a person. Okay, so we tend to see websites like, like something out there, but it's always a person that controls the website. And you need to you need some sort of excuse for them to even bother checking your emails when whoever has a website knows those emails where they ask for links or they sell you links or whatever you get them all the all the time. Um, you need to break through this, and if they were on your show or you were on their show, it's just really the best excuse. First of all, they're going to open your email because they recognize your name. Um, if you have a podcast or you have been on other podcasts and they haven't linked to you. It's a very easy thing to do to reach out to them and say, look, we talked about uh, how to start a podcast. Could you please 
link to my article about this topic from the episode we did together. And then this automatically creates like a natural flowing communication. And it's also not, not a real issue to get those links. So this is a very quick win for your audience, I guess, uh, in order to get links, check all your guests. Did they put a link to your show? Maybe they have a, uh, an embedded the video from your podcast on their website, but didn't place a link because they just forgot about it or they didn't think of it. Reach out to them, uh, get this communication going again and see if you can get those links. This is probably the best way. And then podcasting, obviously, if you, you wouldn't start a podcast just to get links, but it's definitely uh, one of the main features for SEO. If you have a podcast, that you can use it for link building afterwards. I did think this is funny because podcasters are essentially out there getting links and giving away links constantly without really understanding the value in an SEO term. So I do laugh. Like I could just contact anyone that's been on my show now and and probably get a link quite easily. Where I imagine that if in certain people that just do SEO, that would be like their dream. Like they're probably out there really struggling with a lot of link building stuff. Like I, I find that fascinating that it's something, you know, it's just not valued in our industry of podcasting in the same way that it is of SEO. But I want to recap this uh, process here is that, you know, we've we've gone through here and it's like we've looked at guest names and then potentially search intent for our content. We've established that if we want our content to rank in Google, we're going to have to do more than just publish a podcast and basic show notes. We're going to have to make something that's actually uh, – competable against what the other content is that's searching out there. And the best way to do that is by looking at what's already there. We've covered that you can get backlinks to your show particularly easily if you're a podcaster through your guests or perhaps other people you're speaking to within this niche. So it seems like this is a bit of a process. What do podcasters have to do next on the back of this? If they're doing all these things from here, what else applies to them that could help them rank their show and do SEO with podcasting? I think what, what's really important, and this is probably a mindset shift, is that if you do the podcast, the podcast is for SEO, is not the most important thing. You're creating content. And I would probably encourage everybody to step up, uh, take a step back and say, okay, this is, I'm just creating content. Some are creating articles, some are creating videos, I'm creating a podcast. But then how can I repurpose this content? What can I do with this content? So the page about how to start a podcast the essential thing there isn't a podcast. It's just an add-on. And this is probably hard if you love podcasting, if you're focusing on your podcast, if you have the best equipment, get the best guests, etc. The podcast recording itself for SEO, if you want to have it ranking, it's just an add-on. So this means that people coming to this page from whichever source out there, social media, SEO, uh, Google search, or wherever, um, they might be in different moments in their life and might be in different stages in their life. So if you have a podcast recording, this might suit 10 out of 100 people. If you have an article, this might suit 60 out of 100 people. Okay. But then there might be, um, let's do the math, 35 people who prefer video, which is where you, why you very often are going to see on well-ranking sites that they have like a video on top. Then an entire article, the video essentially gives you an idea about what's in the article then you might be able to download a, a PDF, which could be the show notes as a PDF, as a summary. So someone could uh, take something with them so they can be, uh, refer back to the guest or to the show or to some information here. Uh, just make it as valuable as possible. So very often we see transcriptions of podcasts, for example, being used as the entire content of this page. A transcription isn't nice to read, 
right? It's, no, it's no, they're terrible. I hate transcriptions. I want that on the record. I think it's shit content. Stop doing them. I, uh. I admit I do I do read transcriptions sometimes because no, I know that. No. I, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, Charlie. I do read them sometimes just because I know that I might not have the time afterwards to consume this content in and, and take the time to really listen it, to watch it. But I, I might just be... Um, I don't know, in a restaurant or something like that, have 10 minutes and I want to consume this, but I don't, want, I don't have my headphones. I don't want to switch on audio and listen to the show. So I, I skim through the, through the uh, transcription, for example, or, or send me this to read it afterwards or something like that. So I think this transcription has its value, but it can't be the main content I'm trying to rank because the transcription just with the natural flow, just imagine how many topics we have dealt with today in this industry coding. Imagine a transcription. We talked about marathons. We talked about podcasting. We talked about Oprah. We talked about email marketing. I mentioned a couple of times. Uh, there is a lot of topics. What should Google think of this transcription? What should they rank this page for? Where users searching something on Google would really get values. Should this be marathon? Probably not. Should this be SEO? Yeah, we talked about SEO, but probably if you make a tech cloud out of this, we probably mentioned podcasting more often than SEO or content more often than SEO. So it's really hard to, for Google to figure it out. And this is where I think it's very good if you have someone external who is able to put themselves into Google's shoes and checking out your content. So if I were Google and I checked out this transcription, would I know what to rank it for? Or would this need to be more specific? And this is where I say, okay, have the transcription be an add-on as well. And you can download this as a PDF. I wouldn't even allow Google to crawl it probably to make sure that Google doesn't spend time on those PDFs. It's just really for users' purposes and to make users happy. And there might be two out of 100 users that are happy because they can download this transcription. And that's fine. That's going to avoid two people going back to Google and clicking on another result. But the rest of it must be just one more piece of content. So it's one part is the audio recording, one part is the video maybe you have been recording, one part is the transcription, and the show notes give people what they want, and they don't want the same thing. And this is where, where Google is very smart in figuring out what they really want, and they adjust this all the time. Okay, so if you, if you searched for virus in January and you search for virus in April, you're going to get different results. Why? Because Google knows that someone searching for virus in uh, April is not interested in computer viruses. They're interested in the coronavirus. Whereas in January, maybe some of their results were related to com computer viruses. Okay, so everything evolves over time. This is so interesting. It's um, from my own perspective here, it's like I think I've actually had a breakthrough on this podcast, Gerd, because I'm just thinking that if I was really going to pursue um, SEO as a part of my podcasting strategy, I, I really do have to make some big mindset shifts and it's not just through, oh, well, I'll make content based on um, what people are actually searching for, but it's actually thinking about the content you make itself in a completely different way. It's thinking about it through the eyes of Google's, as you've mentioned here. It's about creating that environment where it's not a podcast, it's a piece of content displayed in a way to best serve the audience of Google and that's really what you want to be going after if you want to have really good results from there. So it's a really fascinating mindset shift that someone could make if this was there. Now, I want to ask uh, one more question and then we'll go into a, a wrap up from here. But is there any uh, types of podcasts that you would think should just flat out avoid SEO? Um, for whatever reason, you may have an opinion or is there any that you think are particularly suited to this as a strategy? 
I think you couldn't make a general statement here, but you definitely want to have a topic. If you want to leverage SEO, it must be a topic people search for. And there are probably topics people don't search for too much or don't expect a podcast site uh, to respond or so it's just a expect a completely different type of content. Okay, so this really comes down to your niche. Um, you can just do some searches in your niche on Google and see what comes up there. Is this really podcasts or, or content sites or is this like only step-by-step -step instructions, uh, recipe sites, etc.? It, it could be hard to have a, have a podcast about cooking recipes maybe or maybe not. It, it really depends on the individual searches then, right? I don't think... Uh, there's any podcast not suited at all for for um, SEO as long as the episodes are done with intent. And there is there is one more thing I think which is in, important here. Uh, if we try to put ourselves into um, into the position of Google, uh, very often on podcasts, and this is also I think an important tip here, podcasters talk about the same thing all the time. Okay, and which is just normal. I'm going to talk about SEO on every single one of my episodes, but I'm going to make a point in talking about a very specific thing about SEO. So this could be videos, this could be design and user experience, this could be, um, I don't know, social media and the impact on SEO, etc. Okay, so I'm going to try to differentiate the episodes enough in order to produce different pieces of content. Because what happens if you have a a podcast and you talk on 10 episodes about how to have the best equipment, Google is not going to be able to differentiate those episodes enough. So they're going to think this is pretty much the same. And especially if you're using transcriptions, but even if you create articles, it's going to be very hard to differentiate those articles. And what happens in SEO if Google, when Google gets 10 different URLs, they could rank because they essentially cover the same thing is that Google is going to pick one. And whenever they pick one, you're not going to rank well. I've seen this over 10 years. Whenever Google doesn't exactly know what to rank, this is not going to be a page one ranking. It's going to be a page two, page five, page eight. So you want to make sure that with the intent you put behind the episode recording, you also have in mind what's going to be the overall structure. So there is going to be like a, we call like a pillar content about starting a podcast to stick with this example. And starting a podcast contains a lot of things. So we are always going to, uh, in all 10 episodes about starting a podcast, we are talking about um, how, to, how to create a new podcast. But we are also, in one episode, we are going to talk about microphones, in one about the background, in one about a video recording, in one episode we talk about the guests, in one episode we talk about how to prepare guests before the show and things like those. So all this is comes together, but you want to make sure that you talk about different things or... In SEO, we can do things to make sure that Google knows that this is just another episode about the same topic we already have ranking. This is called a canonical. We're not going to uh, go more deeper here technically, but there are things you can uh, put in place in order to let Google know that this is just the second or third or tenth version of the uh, topic you talked about, uh, I don't know, a year ago, just to make sure that Google can recognize what's the version you want to rank and what are the versions that are just really... Um, mere um, duplicates or additional versions about it. I can see this being a huge issue in shows that, let's say, cover the entrepreneurial journey. So if you're talking Absolutely. about how people have, like, you know, risen to, you know, glory in entrepreneurship, and there's a lot of those types of podcasts out there, that would be one that would fall into that category, I would imagine. That would be a very real <laughs> issue. 
Absolutely. And there are episodes, uh, podcasts out there. We have been working with one, I remember, where they said, look, I need, I just have 20 to topics I can talk about in my niche. Okay. And they need to bring fresh content and a fresh perspective. And I'm always going to repeat, to repeat those 20 topics. What should I do? And this is where you then need to make a decision and say, okay, do I need to index all those episodes? And this is also a very important content uh, topic. Not everything that's on your page has to go on Google. So if you produce an episode, you already know this is not rank-worthy material, as I call it. This is not going to rank for anything because it's just too generic or it's a talk with Oprah and I'm talking about podcasting here. We're not going to rank. Consider no indexing it, meaning telling Google not to rank, uh, even try to rank it. Because what Google is going to do with your site is they are going to assign what we call a crawl budget, a processing time. So Google is spending money processing time with their servers in order to process your website. And this at scale is costing a lot of money. So what Google doesn't want is to process sites that doesn't make any sense to process. Okay, so you want to kind of take away things from Google, um, help them save money. <laughs> Sounds a little bit ridiculous for Google, but essentially Google is not going to be fond of crawling 15,000 pages if only 200 are going uh, rank-worthy material. It's much smarter to have those 200 being crawled by Google and indexed by Google and everything else can be hidden from Google. So Google can really focus on what we know has a very good chance to rank. And this is the, these are the 200 articles that are well maintained over time. And we care for these article, we, articles, we update them, we put in additional references over time, etc. Okay, so make sure you make Google's life easier in telling them what they should crawl index, process, and rank, and especially what they shouldn't even bother about. That's really interesting. So it, the idea being if you're going to make this a part of your strategy, you really have to set out very intentfully, and I feel like that might even be the name of this episode. We might call it the intention of podcast SEO. We'll come back to that, although my team's probably laughing at me right now. Anyway, <laughs> the idea I'll put behind that is that it's not just about doing the right things for each episode individually. You really have to take a step back and be selective of, okay, well, these are the pieces we really want to go after. If we make anything similar to that again, maybe no index or don't make it appear in Google as a part of making this overall strategy work and checking in with that or getting external help will make a big difference as well. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of a lot of uh, things that go into this. Um, there's also one thing I would probably say it's, it depends on your overall strategy. Okay, so I see people that are very focused on recording the podcasts and getting the downloads. Okay, I'm not sure if your experience is different. It's what what I see, and very often what Just I to miss be clear, is like not to interrupt you, but most podcasters, I would say, ninety nine percent of the podcasters I know, their self worth and download numbers are intertwined. That's how important absolutely. it is to them. Absolutely. What I miss here personally, when I talk from an SEO perspective about this, is like an overall goal. What's your goal with this podcast? Is downloads everything and getting a sponsor? Is this everything? Is this your business? That's fine. Perfect. But maybe at some point you want to get a lot of traffic to your website and you're just surprised after five years of podcasting that hardly anybody goes to comes to your website. And then you're going to ask, what have I done in those four, five years or what didn't I do? And for example, produce episodes with an intent or make sure Google figures out which topic, which episode is for what, etc. So you want to lay everything out in advance. And this, this is where podcasting isn't different from another website. With every single client of ours, we lay out the entire structure of their website. 
and whatever piece of content gets produced needs to fit somewhere here because otherwise it doesn't make sense. We just don't want to just add another episode and then pray and help and hope and, and, and wish that this is going to rank and it's not going to hurt your site. We want to know that exactly in my show, I'm trying to talk about how to start a podcast, how to, um, I don't know, find a podcast guest and how to promote a podcast, for example. Then every episode I do needs to cover an angle of those topics. And then I have my structure. I can internally link those things together. And then um, I'm going to get the, um, the fruit of this in terms of rankings and, and overall search performance. Fascinating even further, Gerd. I feel like I'm almost like, wow, it's, it's so, so much of a deeper topic than I anticipated to do this mm -hmm. well. I will say this from here, which is a perfect segue into my next question. If someone wanted to perhaps get their website audited or their podcast audited and go through like what might be an appropriate strategy for them to do SEO, what's the best way to, for them to reach out for them? And I would preface this in saying, Gert's probably one of the only people I would recommend for this because I've seen him get the runs on the board with other podcasters. So where's the best place we can uh, send people to, Gert? Very much appreciate this. It would be seoleverage.com. Uh, there you can reach out to us or get directly and uh, book in a call with me uh, where we check out what the SEO situation is, what your competitors are doing, what's working for them, what could work for you, where you are. And then very often the next step is auditing the entire site in order to get an idea about all kind, all those buckets I was talking about where you say, okay, what is, what is the status content-wise? What is the status backlink-wise? What is the status of uh, the competitive uh, situation right now? and get an idea about all this. And then we create like a prioritized list of action steps where we say, okay, highest impact is this, 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 this. And then there might be low impact or medium impact tasks as well. But I think this is the, would be the right way to go. SEO is definitely one, it's the cheapest source long-term for traffic. It's not a short-term thing. You want, if you want to do SEO, be prepared to do six, eight, 10 months in, in terms of timeframe SEO in order to get the results you already want to have today. But it's definitely worth it because, yeah, really, we see this time and again, who has been doing this for a few years is getting free leads, essentially free traffic downloads uh, for free without any promotion over time, as long as you do things with an intent and as long as you put in uh, the different pieces here of the puzzle. Awesome, Gert. And I would really encourage people to check that out. Also, I know you haven't mentioned it, but I will. You have a book that's out. And I would say that if anyone's interested in learning more about SEO, I'm currently reading the book at the moment and it's uh, very fascinating to me just because it feels like a place I don't really truly understand. But if you want to understand more about SEO and Gert's methods here, I'd highly encourage you to pick up a copy of that book as well. And undoubtedly, his podcast will be good when it comes out down the road. So Gert, we are going to wrap this one up from here. I want to thank you so much for coming on from the show and just being so generous with um, sharing a bit of the process of what it might look like for someone to introduce SEO with their podcast. So we're going to wrap this one up from here. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Gert. Thank you very much, Charlie. It was a pleasure.